everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Unwise Girls. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your other host, Jane. And we're your favorite podcast, all about the books of Rick Riordan. Today, we're beginning The Mark of Athena. Woo! Woohoo! How are you doing today, Jane? Oh, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Um, I'm thinking about some stuff that I said yesterday, because uh, yesterday we... Uh, recorded the session zero for our sleepaway bonus episode that's right uh, which we're doing because uh you all raised like a stupid amount of money for uh the moonshot network's uh, extra live stream a very smart amount of money for for children's hospitals and such Uh, an insane amount of money at any rate uh but i was just thinking that i said in that episode that i would uh tweet out a screenshot of the map that we made of sleepaway um and I'd like to kind of issue a preemptive correction before the episode goes up and say that the map's probably going to go on co-host, Discord, <laughs> DS Picto Chat. We will we'll put it up in the woods. You might there might be a media file link somewhere that you can track down. But but not on Twitter probably. Probably not. This it's collapsing around our ears as we record this, which is God. fun. How are you, Jacqueline? Uh, I'm doing okay. <laughs> I, I'm the, I'm just excited. Honestly, I'm, Hell I'm, yeah. I'm raring to go. I'm raring to go into this new fucking book. I, I'm feeling, feeling spicy. I, yeah, I'm excited. You, you ready to get into it? I am. I feel like we, we were pretty cold at the end of Son of Neptune, but we, we got a real shot in the arm from uh, Demigod Diary. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, let's let's see how we go after. Oh, oh wait, the news. Uh, I want to talk really quickly about the news. Oh, the news. Yeah, the news. So there was a little bit of blogging uh, since last time that we spoke. Uh, and I, I want to specifically talk about there was confirmation that people are, you know, like, oh, what will this character be like? What will this character be like? Who will be cast for like Aphrodite? Uh, and there was confirmation that a lot of these Olympians just will not be cast yet because they're not going to appear in season one. Uh-huh. Uh, like, like Aphrodite, Rick specifically says like Aphrodite, for instance, probably won't appear until season three, assuming we're lucky enough to get that get, to get a season three. So that means canonical confirmation that we will not see the live feed from Hephaestus's cut camera in the uh, airy side quest in Lightning Thief. <laughs> it's exactly right. I was going to say <laughs> it means that we won't... I was going to say it means canonical confirmation that we will see Lin-Manuel Miranda's mug in this first season. Oh yeah, I think he'd already mentioned that, right? He said that it was like part of the process of kind of going back and rejigging the story because it's an adaptation like made after the fact. Yeah, which honestly, like, good, you know? Yeah. We'll get some Luke scenes, probably. He'll look very evil. Do we know who's cast as Luke? We do, we do, yeah. Charlie Bushnell is the, is the, the, the actor for Luke. Charlie Bushnell. Oh, yeah, this kid looks like he would, like, put a scorpion on you. <laughs> yeah. God, 18 years old. 2004, Jesus Christ, people are too young nowadays. That's not right. Fuck that. God. That's not real. That's not real. Okay, let's get right into the summaries, I think. Let's go. Chapter one, Annabeth. The Argo 2 and its crew, Annabeth, Leo, Jason, Piper, and Coach Hedge, prepare to arrive at Camp Jupiter. Annabeth has taken up a leadership role, but she's not feeling particularly assured. 
Not only does she feel like something haunted is happening with the ship, she also had a mysterious bad encounter with her mom, Athena, before setting sail. Still, the sight of Camp Jupiter in New Rome is amazing, but her sightseeing is interrupted by the explosive arrival of border god Terminus, who nearly blows them out of the sky for bringing weapons onto peaceful soil. Before Annabeth convinces him that instead of landing, they'll just hover over Camp Jupiter and descend by rope without their weapons, which won't violate any rules. He agrees, and the group sets off to meet the Romans. Chapter 2, Annabeth Camp Half-Blood and Camp Jupiter meet face-to-face -face for the first time. But even more important to Annabeth, Percy is there. She pulls him into a kiss, and then suplexes him. What some might call a traditional Percybeth greeting. They're finally reunited. Raina stops the legionnaires from taking this as an act of aggression, and instead invites them to share a meal together in the forum, despite Octavian's protestations. Still, despite the relatively warm welcome, Annabeth can't escape that creeping feeling that something is wrong. Chapter 3, Annabeth During the meal in the forum, Percy and Jason explain the plots of the first two books to their other sides, <laughs> and even end up doing a bros attack dunk on Octavian, basically officially cementing their friendship. The plan is eventually, reluctantly, agreed to. The seven half-bloods of prophecy, Annabeth, Percy, Jason, Piper, Hazel, Leo, and Frank, will sail to the Mediterranean, which is usually forbidden to Roman demigods, and then continue on to Greece. At this point, Ella the Harpy pops in to complete a prophecy we heard the beginning of in the last book. Mm-mm. Wisdom's daughter walks alone. The mark of Athena burns through Rome. Twins snuff out the angel's breath, who holds the key to endless death. Giant's bane stands gold and pale, one through pain from a woven jail. Annabeth laughs off the idea that this could be an actual prophecy that's actually about her, even though she absolutely knows it is, considering the mark of Athena is currently in her pocket. Octavian sputters a bit more, so Raina tells him to go take a hike to see the Argo 2 with Leo. As Leo leaves, Annabeth's bad feeling grows further as she sees a cruel, evil light in his eyes. She can't worry about it too much, though, because Reyna wants to talk with her one-on-one. -on -one. Chapter 4, Annabeth Reyna and Annabeth walk through New Rome, which Annabeth is astounded by. They stop for some hot chocolate along with Reyna's robot dogs, Orm and Argentum, who listeners may remember will viciously kill any liars they detect. Reyna starts by explaining why Roman demigods react a bit weirdly to Annabeth's existence. Minerva, Athena's Roman aspect is a maiden goddess of crafts rather than any sort of war, so it would be weird if she had kids, especially kids like Annabeth. Their walk continues, which is when Annabeth recognizes Raina from Circe's island. Finally, they arrive at the Garden of Bacchus, which is Raina's favorite spot in all of New Rome. Raina sits them down and asks Annabeth to speak. Piper's words are magical, and Jason seems different now, so she wants a straight shooter to convince her this whole thing isn't some trap or fool's errand. Annabeth does her best, and Reyna is tentatively convinced, but still worried about that prophecy Ella said earlier. Because, when she was an attendant on Circe's island, a son of Athena washed up on shore half-dead and going on about that very same prophecy. Reyna believes this might connect to an old legend surrounding Athena that may be the cause of conflict between the Romans and Greeks, but she doesn't have time to explain further, as Annabeth's bad feeling is made manifest and the Argo II launches an attack on the Forum. Wild fighting breaks out, 
and the only reason there aren't immediate deaths is because of Terminus's weapon rule. Our seven demigods are attacked by the mob, and it's only through a distraction by Hazel and Frank that they're able to reach the boat. On board, Leo seems almost possessed, intent on destroying the Romans, and Coach Hedge is missing. Percy tackles Leo to stop any further damage, and Annabeth sends Argo 2 into the sky. So Jane, what'd you think of these chapters? The vibes, the vibes are rancid. Oh yeah? I just, and everything that Annabeth is like experiencing in these few chapters is just, it's it very effectively gets across the idea of like, oh, something is about to go horribly wrong. Okay, that's what you mean. Yes, uh-huh. com- completely agreed. The vibes are rancid, but you were right about this being a shot in the arm, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I like these chapters. I take it you also like these chapters. I did. I Okay, we have to just like start off by we're finally fucking getting Annabeth POV. Thank you. It's been it's been a million years and we've deserved it for so long and finally. We, we have. We really have. And she's the perfect character for these chapters because mm-hmm. like first of all, because like it's the mark of Athena, uh, she's the main character. But but also, she's the perfect character to be shown through like the alienation of like seeing Camp Jupiter. Mm-hmm. We we've known Annabeth for long enough that we understand what like, her perspective on things, but we also understand her connection to Percy, uh, who is now integrated into Camp Jupiter, and like we understand that she has like some of her ideals probably match with the Romans, and so. She's the best person, I think, to have culture clash happen with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's because you're right. There's there's a lot about the city that Annabeth seems to admire. Like her architecture nerd instincts kick in when she's like walking around looking at all the columns and stuff. So like, there is that kind of clash between that and the really low regard that the Romans seem to hold Minerva in. Yeah, definitely. And like, just like, oh, this is like. That fleeting feeling she... Not fleeting, actually. That, like... She has this anxiety the entire time, which is almost certainly very justified, uh, especially considering how Chapter 4 goes. Mm-hmm. But also, it keeps, like, collecting different anxieties. Like, different things keep popping up that keep worrying her. Like, when she's like, oh, Percy seems a little bit too comfortable with two of these people. Like has he replaced us does he have new better friends does he like camp jupiter more he he i mean he kind of did replace them he got two new friends to go on quests with <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> but yeah i also really like i really like the way these anxieties are brought across because like while we haven't gotten annabeth pov before we know like who she is as a character and yeah. she is like she's very strategic she's very level-headed she was like the one who was in charge of tactics during book five and stuff like that and seeing from her perspective her thinking like i should just grab percy and run yeah like seeing, seeing that level of impulsivity is a great way of bringing across like how worried she is and like making a really like fraught atmosphere for the reader because we know that like she's in a position where she could make a horrible mistake yeah definitely like, Annabeth is on edge, and what this gets across so well, this gets across her cleverness especially well. I think chapter two highlights that a lot. She is analytical in a way we have never seen from a Rick Riordan character. Like, she is 
she is assessing people she is like sizing them up it's not like the percy intuition type of thing either Mm -hmm. she is like she is like doing stats on people and like (laughs) situations and it's really cool to watch yeah i mean we always hear about how strategic she is and it's great that that is like incorporated into her pov definitely can we talk about the best moment in these chapters i would love to uh the best moment in these chapters is um percy telling octavian to shut up yeah and then fist bumping jason <laughs> no jay because like immediately it's obvious that like this was also jason's relationship with octavian <laughs> <laughs> like jason definitely also always told octavian to shut up then he died or like he would disappeared or whatever mm-hmm. and percy and then octavian was like haha finally i can take that asshole's place and then percy shows up to be the exact same guy toward him. <laughs> Uh, it's just it's so it doesn't specify but i believe truly in my heart of hearts that like like percy tells octavian to shut up and then fist bumps jason without even looking (laughs) i just i truly believe that these two are bros now oh it's completely the the only where i have is that annabeth was like i'm interrupting their budding bromance and i'm like Oh no, what if this interruption causes the bromance? Like, what if this is the one thing that makes them not be best friends? Like, they didn't have the time to bro out here. No. <laughs> be so sad. That, w- that would be terrible. It would be extremely <laughs> funny if it turned out that not only had Raina been making moves on Percy, now Jason is as well. <laughs> God, yeah. Oh, there's there's some relationship stuff happening here. Uh-huh. I, I still don't really get Raina's affection for percy like i know we kind of talked about it with like how it kind of fits her character with a you know with what we're assuming her like defense mechanisms and stuff are we read it very much as like a political thing right yeah but it's interesting how personal it feels here Mm -hmm. there are moments here where annabeth is like oh when when reina brings up percy she is like uncomfortable with the idea that like he is dating annabeth or that like other people are pursuing all that kind of stuff I wonder if it's maybe just a case of like, I mean, Raina doesn't even necessarily need to be romantically interested in Percy, but if she's like, hey, we should do this like just political relationship, which won't actually affect either of us that much, and he still turned her down, that yeah. might that might wound the old ego a bit. Yeah, true. I big picture. I want to go back to big picture really quickly. Uh huh. This is interesting. This is different from both of the other Heroes of Olympus books. Uh, yeah because annabeth's in it because annabeth is in it (laughs) um (laughs) yes that is the main thing god wait okay i'm cutting away from big picture reading (laughs) demigod reading demigod diaries right before this is like was like an insanely good choice i think Mm -hmm. because like in the tv show that is happening in my mind and like the percy jackson anime you get to like (laughs) you get to see like annabeth and percy on their like date in fucking france or whatever and then immediately it cuts to like annabeth in the sky like looking grim like looking over new rome descending hoping to see percy there i love that that's (laughs) people should give jacqueline enough material to make this amv they should they should maybe the i don't know maybe the tv show will do it but that'll be like 20 years from now Uh uh-huh 
This will be what fucking season eleven if they do like uh, oh no, King Chronicles will be done on Netflix, so it'll be like season eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have we heard anything about that King Chronicles thing in a while? I don't feel like we have. I think Rick mentioned it in a blog post, like oh we're doing scripts or we're filming or something. Hmm. Uh, okay, but yes, the big picture thing. This is the first book where we haven't had to establish a new status quo at the start. True. We had to in, uh, fucking, what's it? Lost Hero. Like, that was, we had to introduce all the new characters, Jason mm. stuff, and we had to get that sort of into it. Uh, we had to introduce that Romans existed. Yes, yes. And yeah, in book two, we had to introduce all of Camp Jupiter and shit. Mm-hmm. This is just, like, dominoes falling. Yeah, that's, and I hope that's like it's gonna like improve the book a bit because it did make uh, the series up until now feel a bit stop and start, they were, like starting a new place with completely different characters every time. Right, because uh, Mister Riordan never really wanted to commit to it fully. It felt like mm-hmm. we were we were establishing new status quos, but we never lingered in them quite enough. Yeah, even though like, even though he could do that and write it well, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure. Probably. So I get, in a way this feels like the this feels like the pace that maybe we want to go for with the series if we're not going to linger in those moments. Mm-hmm. It feels like we're about to move into the, the big adventure big serialized adventure era, hopefully, as opposed to like episodic random encounters. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, okay, the we're already out of Camp Jupiter after four chapters. Which I know we were rooting against, but honestly, I was kind of into it by the end. <laughs> well, I, felt... I, I I feel vindicated. Because, wait, no, I don't feel vindicated. This is the opposite of what I said. I said that Octavian should fuck around with the ship and that should be why they uh, get stuck there. No, as soon as Octavian went onto the ship and then there were cannonballs blasting at the, at the Romans, I was like, oh, fuck, he did it. I'm still not convinced <laughs> he didn't do it. Like, maybe he used some sort of weird magic on Leo. Mm-hmm. But actually, that is that is my theory now. I don't really know what's going on here, but I think Octavian, like, whammied Leo. Uh, uh-huh. or, unless Leo is, like, evil or something, and we just don't realize it. Damn, oh. what a reveal. Or... The ghost of Sammy? <laughs> that's a fucking absolutely. That's. If. When we do get the TV show, that's gonna be like the insane bullshit clickbait theory that gets posted. <laughs> it's like a red circle around Leo's face and the ghost of Sammy. <laughs> what was he cooking? Does he know? No, speaking of Leo, we get some more Argo 2 deets throughout this, and I am into it. I Leo is de- be- deliberately building things in the shittiest way that he can possibly think of. Yeah. And I, um, the only reason for that that I can think of is that he thinks it's funny. No, he created nuclear fission. He created <laughs> Greek nuclear, he, like Greek mythology, nuclear fission, mm-hmm. and then was like the way that this boat that is run through nuclear Greek mythology power will like the way that it will be controlled is by Wiimote. He he waggles a fucking Wii remote to raise and lower the sails. It's it's perfect. It's it it's so Leo. It's so it's so Leo. It's like it, the Wii was like over five years old when this book came out. Uh huh. 
Like, there were other motion sensors that he could have used. Leo's fucking he... connect. <laughs> I, ha- I have to believe that, like, Jason to- specifically told him not to do that. Uh-huh. And that's why he did it. Like, yes, he he absolutely was just, like, around the campfire one day. Or, like, Jason was bringing some food to the bunker. And Leo, <laughs> like, was, like half jokingly like i could i could probably run this thing through wiimote and jason was like no that's a bad idea and leo committed <laughs> to it because jason uh-huh. said it was a bad idea 100 percent. he did it for the bit and now they're fucked because annabeth doesn't know how to fly the ship and it's being shot at annabeth has never played wii sports <laughs> i can't believe that i feel like the wii must be a pretty popular game system at camp half-blood I don't know. No, wait. We know what type of video games Annabeth plays from the Lotus Casino. Oh, she you're is right. fucking. She is always playing Sim City. She does play Sim City. She probably also would get into like Paradox games too. Oh god, absolutely. She has played so much of Imperator Rome. That's the Roman Paradox game, I think. Oh god. What's the fucking? I wonder how Annabeth feels about Vicky Three or whatever. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if I want to ask her. That's fair. I like Annabeth and I want to keep it that way. <laughs> I I like Annabeth. She does. Is she getting a little Yandere mode here? <laughs> like, I, do you get what I mean? No, no. She literally says, well, she doesn't say she thinks I should just kidnap Percy and go. She uses yeah. the word kidnap. She does that, and then she's like, "No one else, like I, no one else can have you." Like she basically does, and suplexes him. She fucking like pins him to the ground. Honestly, it's kind of sweet. Like I, that there's something to like the nervous energy that she has this whole time compounds really well with her affection for Percy to mm-hmm. create this sort of feeling of just like fevered love and that is very intense and is also just very affecting. Like I really like to read it. It's very affecting, but you saying Yandere mode made me like, like flashback to um, the original five books, and realize that uh, this is kind of just how she acted all the time around Rachel. That is true. <laughs> that doesn't I, seem to be that context sensitive. Yeah, it's consistent characterization, I guess. That's true. So, are you ready for uh, you ready for Sea of Monsters too? We already had Sea of Monsters too. It was called Son of Neptune. This is Sea of Monsters 3. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is Sea of Monsters 3. (laughs) This time in the Mediterranean. This time in the Mediterranean. This time the boat isn't full of Confederate... I was about to say this time the boat isn't full of Confederate soldiers. I guess it's full of people from Camp Jupiter, so kind of Confederate soldiers. Oh, God. This keeps happening. It does. (laughs) So is Athena just like Minerva, but in a slot era? I feel like Minerva is Athena in her chase era. <laughs> but she can switch back and forth at will. I guess so. Like, you give, a, you become, you're like, okay. Well, that's, this is why I have to believe that, like, they are just, like, kind of separate people. Uh-huh. Um, because it is, like, I am a pure maiden. I, it's so <laughs> fucking funny. She gets, like, oh, God, this is, like, too, we're doing too much of this shit. But we, she is doing, like, her corruption arc and, like... <laughs> <laughs> this is some She's real like, early on wise girls energy <laughs> oh my god yeah you're right that's that is how i'm feeling tonight it's like i'm feeling unwise girls and like feeling like pjo like lightning thief era in this chilies 
it's it's the it's the dawn of a new book where we're going back to basics where we're talking about hen hentai tags <laughs> oh god yeah you can cut it's that true. Out <laughs> i won't i won't <laughs> damn Pe- it people people know what they're about well people know what we're about by now i think i yeah that's probably true anyway athena saying i'm in my slot era while dating a weird world war one historian with his own biplane <laughs> she's not even good i mean i don't know maybe maybe dick to bomb or whatever you know excuse me like maybe maybe he's really maybe he's just like a very good lover oh i see <laughs> i dick to i didn't realize what dick to bomb meant i thought it was like you were referring to like the plane bombing something uh uh houston we have a dick to bomb incoming <laughs> <laughs> what's the dick to bomb ratio on this podcast um uh, speaking personally i've never i've never assembled any explosive devices while on the air i guess that's fair and if you haven't also then that's two zero. <laughs> oh christ i don't know why i tried to look up dick to bomb i don't know what i thought that would get me i thought like oh this will have some funny content for the podcast <laughs> no it's just a lot of blurred images on DuckDuckGo. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> okay, well, closing that tab. And I'm bookmarking that tab. <laughs> Come on, Jane, you have better. You have better. <laughs> Surely you have better tabs than the Dick 2 bomb search. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like the shadow of Son of Neptune is still haunting some of this. Uh-huh. Uh, in that I... Just kill someone, please. Kill one person. This whole crisis at the end of chapter four, where it's like, oh, I mean, this is this is what happens every time the Greeks and the Romans meet. There's always some irreconcilable difference that they have to get over, and they can't. If if someone fucking died because the Argo shot them, that would feel like an irreconcilable difference. Yeah, like what if Dakota died or something? Yeah, nobody. I, we were saying this last book. Nobody gives a shit about Dakota. Just kill him. I don't know. Like he's the easy <laughs> go-to, I guess. But like it could be Octavian. Or just, like, anyone, I guess. <laughs> it would be extremely funny if Octavian got himself killed. <laughs> yeah, if he, if he, if he whammied Leo and then Leo was like, kill all Romans? Okay. Smash. <laughs> or even just, like... <laughs> they wouldn't do this, but if it's just, like, the boat is getting hammered by the catapults and it's, like, shaking while he's coming down the ladder and he just falls off and breaks his neck or something. Oh my god. <laughs> No, I get what you mean, though, because, like, they have emphasized so, so many times, like, every time the Greeks and Romans meet, there's a bloody conflict. Every time they meet, there's a bloody, mm-hmm. horrible conflict. Maybe someone died and we just don't know. And, like, this, the last chapter did get across some of that energy of, like, oh, there was just fighting, fighting, like, horrible, mm-hmm. horrible shit. But it, I don't know. I yeah, I think we do just need someone to die. I- I'm past the point of being like, oh, well, I don't think we need character death. Like, I think we need character death. I think that's what this book needs. To be a serious book, you have to kill your characters. That's that's what I've decided. Absolutely. You kill all of them every single time. Uh, also, IMO, if someone had died, uh, it would have actually, like, if anything, improved the ending of Son of Neptune. Because uh-huh. it'd be like damn we got through a battle with the giants and didn't even lose anyone and then the greeks show up and fucking murk one of our guys that's like awesome they're they're worse than the giants and then that's that's how you get to like a civil war or some shit 
Well, if it had been Dakota or someone from the Fifth Legion, that would have given Percy an interesting thing to chew on, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, he... We spent... He spent so much of last book talking a big game about how they were his new family. Mm -hmm. And, like... (laughs) Then one of them, like, Leo cannonballs them. (laughs) (laughs) Hazel, why is your dead boyfriend killing my new guys? (laughs) God... This is... No, the dynamics... I'm so curious how the dynamics on the ship are going to be. Because we have so many people who just, like, have never met. And now we're going to be sailing together. It's also so weird to think that Jason has been at Camp Arthur for seven months. And Percy has been at Camp Jupiter for, like, a week. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) It's just... It's strange. It's a strange contrast. Like, Jason, like, worked his way up to, like, being a leader at camp... (laughs) <laughs> and per- Percy, like, just did one thing and became Praetor. He did one quest. He did one quest. He, ki- he killed, like, one giant. Jason killed two giants. Jason did kill two giants. Wait, <laughs> Percy didn't kill any giants, did he? Uh, no, he killed, um, uh, what's his face? The anti-Poseidon. Uh, he caved oh, his right. head in with Terminus's statue. He He's killed one giant. Jason's killed two. I'm, he's I'm also killed kinda... a titan. Yeah. I'm still thinking maybe maybe Jason maybe Jason's the real main character maybe he's better <laughs> maybe he's just better than Percy have people considered that I Annette seems to be nervous about that she's like saying in the first chapter like he seems kind of weird he seems like too perfect I'm curious yeah. if that's going to go anywhere if that's just like Annabeth anxiety well because he's probably filling a Percy role at camp right mm-hmm. so that's another like Annabeth alienation moment God. It is kind of weird to me that, like, she she gives this, like, physical description where she's like, you know, he's got that blonde hair and shit. He's, like, too perfect. And there's no, like, I don't know. Oh, but she couldn't help feeling a twinge of sympathy or something because he reminds her of Thalia. Oh, yeah, that would have been good. But I guess we've heard over and over, like, how little they resemble each other. That's true. That is true. I don't know. I just want Thalia to be mentioned. Thalia's cool. I want more Thalia. We we have a we have a time iron tradition on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, a special corner we go to. Would you like to visit the prophecy prediction corner? I would like to visit the prophecy prediction corner. Uh, hello. We've walked over to the corner. Shall we go line by line through the prophecy that Ella delivers here? Absolutely. Walking over to this corner is very inconvenient. By the way, we have to like move all the recording equipment and like cut out a bunch of like horrible rustling sounds and shit. Yeah, you don't hear it, but there's like twenty minutes of us getting everything set up right. <laughs> And we're only here for like five minutes. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so line one. Wisdom's daughter walks alone. Maybe Annabeth's going to fall off the boat. Oh, God. Well, th- <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is pretty straightforward. It's Annabeth, probably. And mm-hmm. we're already talking about like how alienated she is. Th- this is going That's to true. continue. Uh, she will walk alone. Uh, the Mark of Athena burns through Rome. So I guess she's... I guess there's, there's two things that this could be. It's like either she shows up at Rome, Italy and does some stuff there, or this is a reference to the fact that uh, her arrival in New Rome set a bunch of shit on fire. Both could be true. I also want to say on, on the Walks Alone count, she's already hiding secrets from everyone. That's like, true. So that that could count there. Yeah, I like both inter- that interpretation because are they gonna get to Rome already? That would be that feels like it would be pretty fast. But I mean, that's isn't that where Nico is being held? Right, I think so. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot about the doors of death stuff to be honest. 
Um, even yeah, though no, that is their goal. Percy only did half a fucking quest and he still got the praetorship. <laughs> Wait, you're right. Oh my god. <laughs> he like, okay, okay, Percy, you get the... Maybe maybe Camp Jupiter is really bad at quests. Have we considered this? <laughs> Wait, they are. You're right. Because like one guy went to Alaska and got like 40 of them killed and they lost all their gold. Oh my god. Wait, this is a new discovery. This is a really important <laughs> discovery. That's why the rugged individualism of Camp Half-Blood is so important. <laughs> uh, I, I still also maintain that the Mark of Athena burns through Rome is just a fucking, like, hard... That's that, that's some awesome... That's just a cool line. Uh, I'm gonna start a new Twitter account, Prophecy Lines That Go Hard. <laughs> it's gonna last maybe three hours, and then, you know, a server's gonna go down. Ah, oh, criminy. Twins snuff out the angel's breath. The Stoll brothers are back. The Stoll brothers are back and they're going <laughs> to kill Thanatos? <laughs> oh, I guess it, it could th- be Thanatos. Thanatos does have the cool JRPG boss wings. Yeah, he does. I'm. Would it be Thanatos already again? It feels like too soon. We do also got to go to the doors of death, so maybe he's going to come back up. True. I mean, he. who holds the key to endless death? That does make sense to me giant's bane stands gold and pale i think that's jason right (laughs) he he is blonde and white he's he's blonde he's white he's killed two giants i feel like that's that you can you can start calling yourself giant's bane at that point (laughs) honestly yes we have we have we have ia twice kill and jason giant's bane (laughs) oh and also leo twice kill (laughs) <laughs> and frankly leo's is more impressive because he had to do it like twice in like a minute yeah uh one through pain from a from, i cannot i i stumbled on this like seven times in the summaries <laughs> i don't know if, pe- if i'm gonna leave that in or not one through pain from a woven jail it's a tongue twister try saying it three times fast one through pain from a woven Nope, couldn't even do it once. <laughs> All right. Um, I have a I have a theory for this, but Hit I want to hear yours first. Oh my! The only thing I can think of for this is maybe it's saying that like Jason was one from Hera, who was in that. Um, like this is just a, this isn't talking about the future. This is just expanding. It's just describing Jason, who was one from Hera, who was in that woven cage and lost hero. I I have a different theory. Uh huh. We're talking about Annabeth, we're talking about Athena, woven jail, immediately Arachne. Oh fuck, you're right. You're right. I I don't I don't know how or why, but I, I think this is when she's finally gonna pop up. Hi, Jacqueline, I need to tell you something. What's that? Uh it's even more inexcusable that I didn't think of that, because I'm looking at uh, the cover of my book here. It it is Annabeth standing on uh, a, like a pile of what looks like bodies and swords and stuff. Uh, looking up at a giant woman with a spider for an ass. <laughs> oh my god, they made her like a, like a what's that fucking thing called? Like a half spider? Yeah, a drider. Is that a, a, a drider? Yeah. Oh my wait. Okay, we have to go to the other corner. Get, <laughs> get your equipment moved. We have to go look at the covers. For fucking damn it. Ugh, this microphone is heavy. <laughs> See, this is why I'm just recording on my laptop microphone now. Oh god, no. <laughs> Alright, you, you talk about yours first. Yeah, this is like 
This is the, the UK covers have been getting better. I think Son of Neptune wasn't that bad, and this one is like. First of all, Annabeth has her back to the camera, so there is no like weird janky stock photo face to fuck up the cover. Uh, and also, like, she's, like, standing in the bottom of the frame in front of this, like, glowing door. Uh, and it kind of emphasizes, like, you know, she's got uh, Athena behind her and stuff like that. And then, like, above her, like, over the Heroes of Olympus logo is Arachne, like, hiding in the fucking ceiling because she's a spider lady. That's, that's fucking cool. Let me hit you with a picture of it. These will also go up on the co-host. <laughs> God, yeah, this one is fucking cool. I like it. Uh, there's a bunch of covers for Mark of Athena, it looks like. Really? Yeah. I, I'm i not sure which one. Like, I don't know. Some of these feel like, like are they real? But I will I guess I'll look at them with you, and then I'll I'll, I'll show you the, the one that I have. Oh, this is a different cover from one, the, the, the one that I was looking at that I thought you were describing. Oh, right. Interesting. I thought you were describing um this one. Oh, uh, I don't like this one as much. It's not as good. It's 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 the same thing, but a bit more cartoony, and like a the Spider Woman is kind of peeking out, like yeah, ha ha ha. Yeah, Rockney looks like a fucking Dark Souls boss on my cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very cool. There's this one, which is just like Annabeth, like on the ship. Oh, I like this. This is this I has do. got the same vibes to me as like um, the Titans Curse cover, where it's like um, uh, Percy and Blackjack on the Empire State Building. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wait, why are there so many covers? Some of these can't... We can't talk about all of these. I want to just get straight to mine. <laughs> which I know is real, because we I, I picked it up in the bookstore years ago. Uh, what we have here is uh, two... Hmm. The Mark of Athena. On one side is Percy riding what looks like Blackjack, wielding uh, his sword. On the other side... And like coming out of like a torrent of waves. On the other side is Jason wielding his sword, uh, riding his like lightning horse that he got in the end of, at the end of Lost Hero. Mm-hmm. And they're coming at each other like they want to kill each other. And ba- behind the them both are the eyes of an owl. I this cover has instantly made me much more excited about this book. Same, I. Your cover and mine are like, what is happening? <laughs> like, th- this is going to be packed full of shit. I think this is, this is truly incredible. We've we finally both of our covers are of like roughly equivalent quality. I think. Yeah, probably. Which I think I think is a first. Definitely. Uh, so here's this cover. That's uh, this sucks. <laughs> Percy Jackson and Annabeth return. It's the same shit. Uh, it's it's Jason and. Percy sword fighting on the Argo too. Uh, no horses, no cool art. It's just like them doing really bland poses and like clashing their swords against each other. Mm-hmm. While a very tiny Festus head spits fire. Honestly, some of the best covers we've ever had, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I really... Definitely, I'm, I, I, in, uh-huh. the, in the UK cover tier list, this one I think probably goes at the top. Probably, yeah. What the, how's, the, how's the US cover tier list looking? What, what's the, what do you think is the best one so far? Ooh, I've never thought about that before. Um, I'm going to say this is pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I don't like it as much. As, I think I like it more than the Lost Hero cover a little bit. Uh-huh. 
less than the Son of Neptune cover, maybe. What was the uh, Son of Neptune cover again? That was Percy, like, breaking through the ice. And, oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that thing that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm reading a blog. Okay. I'm reading a 2012 blog post from Rick Riordan right now. Okay. Interesting. The Mark of Athena cover revealed. Here's what he says. What is that scene? It's the it's the Jason and Percy fighting one. Mm-hmm. What is the scene on the cover? Is that who you think it is about to fight? Can't tell you, but yes, that is an actual scene from the book, and the meaning will be clear when you read it. Wait. 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 I may Wait. have found a new website. Oh? Oh my god. I may have found a new fucking website. A new website? Fascinating. Exciting. First, I need to see if this is still up. Uh, God, why does Percy Jackson have so much website ephemera? (laughs) Okay. This is taking so long to load that I think it may just not exist anymore. Dang. Uh, Very soon, Disney will be launching a new site greeksversusromans.com oh my which will god let you, which will let you choose your side camp half-blood or camp jupiter more on that soon wait so are they actually doing a civil war i don't know i i guess this is what people knew going into this so this is what but i don't know i don't know what the fuck is happening I guess I, the, the, the cynic in me wants to say that this is like the fucking... This is the Batman v Superman. This is the Captain America Civil War. They'll punch for a bit and then they'll be mates. Oh, I mean, probably, but who knows? I hope not. I hope not. I mean, I want them to be friends, but eventually, you know? Eventually. Or, you, yeah, they, they have like a fruitful friendship built on a strong foundation of dunking on Octavian and then it breaks down and they fight. Exactly, exactly. Ooh, but which side will they... Ooh, but which side would Percy fight for and which side would Jason fight for? That's the question. I feel like... I feel like Percy would turn his coat fairly quickly back to Camp Half-Blood. Uh-huh. Jason has been there for seven months. So I don't it know. I feel like, like he might he might get Stockholm Syndrome into sticking with Camp Half-Blood. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about like what Camp Half-Blood and Camp Jupiter mean on the ship... Camp Half-Blood means Annabeth, uh, Piper, and Leo, and Camp Jupiter means Frank and Hazel. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, that's interesting. We we need to... I'm excited for more, like... First of all, I'm excited to see who gets POVs in this book. Yeah. But, like, I want more... I want some Jason, uh, Frank, and Hazel conversations, because they were friends, right? Uh, Frank never met Jason. He was friends with Hazel, I think. Right, Frank okay, arrived okay. just after he disappeared. For some reason, I thought they were, like, there for a week together or something. But no, you're right. You're right. I I, I will say, I like that this is positioning Annabeth as, like, the leader of the Seven. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wait. Sorry, just to go back to what you were saying about you're excited about POV. I do have exciting news for you on that front. Oh? Which was that I uh, accidentally uh, opened my book to, like, read another chapter and then realized that I shouldn't do that. And so the next person we're getting POV from is Leo. Ooh, yes, that is exciting. He's back. Our boy's back. But but yes, Annabeth Annabeth deserves to be the leader, honestly. Yes. She was she was kind of fucked out of her own quest in um in Battle of the Labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> like that was her quest, but Percy was still the main character in that book. 
God, yeah. We've, we probably talked in that book about how I know that should have been the main character. Mm-hmm. I, so she, she's, she's getting a due now, at least. But I'm also looking at the rest of the note that I wrote there, uh, which was, I like that this is positioning Annabeth as the leader of the Seven. I mean, I guess otherwise, it might be a Percy versus Jason struggle. <laughs> so, and I'm looking at the cover of the book, and now I'm like, hmm. Hmm. Uh, oh, oh, oh. We got our first Bacchus mention. We did. Bring him back, please. Please, we need this man to be in a diaper and to be spitting water. <laughs> and we we need Bacchus, because you otherwise... Need to, you need to contextualize that remark, because that's not going to make any sense to the majority of our audience who don't read these fucking books. <laughs> the, the statue of Bacchus in the in the place that they go to is in a diaper spitting water thank you um no I just I want to see him I, I like him maybe there maybe Rick was like we got enough of Dionysus we don't need any more of him or his aspects in the series in which case fuck you Rick you're wrong god making up a Rick to get mad at <laughs> <laughs> This is something we do actually kind of frequently. We do, we do. We will say, it would have been cool if this had happened, and then it didn't happen, and I'm mad now. <laughs> exactly. Earlier you said that the best part in this in this in these chapters were um was when uh Jason and Percy dunk on Octavian. Mm-hmm. For me, the best part is the Reyna and Annabeth conversation. That is also very good. Specifically um, and I love this because it's not laid out very explicit. It's not laid out. It's not laid out just for the reader. You have to mm-hmm. kind of remember things from the last book, which is fun. Um, specifically, the part when Raina summons her dogs, and that's like Annabeth is like, "Oh, some weird dogs to walk with us." But, oh yeah. But if you're a if you're a reader of these books and you remember like why she brought out the dogs last time, this completely reframes their entire conversation. I I didn't even pick up on the fact that like Annabeth doesn't know what the dogs are for. Yeah, she just is like, oh, there's some there's some weird kind of scary dogs. But the last time we saw these, they were used for interrogation. They were used mm-hmm. to interrogate Percy, and this is to me the exact same thing that's happening here this is a this is a different kind of interrogation but that is what this is this is this is good cop Raina, who uh gets you a cup of hot chocolate and takes you to the Bacchus garden and if you lie the dogs will rip you limb from limb exactly god yeah no this this is my i fucking love this shit <laughs> excellent tension building tool i guess I'll it's say. very good do you what else what do you what else do you have to say on these chapters Coach Hedge is back. He kind uh, of. You say that, but he's gone already. That's true. I, I'm hoping that he doesn't just like come out of the bathroom in the next chapter or something and say, "Hey, what did I miss?" I'm hoping that they like accidentally left him behind or something. They have to like they have Coach Hedge as like prisoner. <laughs> I feel like they would just kill him. <laughs> like he. He would try to beat up some Romans and like term. He would try and use a weapon, and Terminus would just explode him. I. It would be the one time in history where he lunged at me would actually be true. Uh huh. Christ. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ. I. Yeah, I'm not. 
The coach hedge bit kind of wore off for me pretty quickly, so I'm not super excited for more of him. We were very sick of him by the end of Lost Hero, I think. Yeah. Speaking of Lost Hero, I, 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 I'm I putting my, my cards on the table now. I think that the persistent chill that Annabeth is feeling on the back of her neck is that fucking ice lady from that book. Ooh. Because I don't think they ever actually killed her. That would be really cool. Because it makes sense that she'd be haunting the Lost Hero crowd. It does, it does. And it would actually, it would create a recurring villain, which is something that can be fun sometimes. Be nice if, if the villains didn't die at the end of your book. Yeah. Uh, that That is just funny. This is a children's series where at the end of the book, you can always guarantee that the villains will be murdered. Don't worry. <laughs> the villain will get trampled to death by an elephant or get his head smashed in with a piece of a marble statue or get repeatedly struck by lightning. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Wait, I just realized. Uh-huh. I was wrong. Jason doesn't have a two-giant body count. The the leader one, like, he injured it, but he didn't kill it. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yes. Uh, I still think he has done more giant killing than Percy has, though. And yeah, he, uh, he's he got uh, a, a giant and a titan killed. Percy kind of stood and watched while a titan killed himself, which I don't think counts. Wait. Wait. Okay, we're actually, we're underestimating Percy here. Uh-huh. Percy killed Hyperion, who is a titan. Did he kill per- Hyperion? He de- uh, he defeated Hyperion, but he well, didn't yeah, kill him, true. right? Percy killed uh, Anti-Poseidon, and Percy killed Caucus. But he didn't, he didn't get Bolas. He, he didn't get Bolas. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so technically Percy ha- has uh, Jason on the giant count. That's true. I don't think the fucking... I just remembered who Caucus is. I don't think the fucking shady dude with the coat full of Rolexes counts. He, he, is, he is a giant, though. That, he, that is a different giant. He's a real... He's... Yeah, man, I'm, I'm Polybody's brother. Yeah, totally. Here, here's his, here's his war axe. You want to have his axe, his war hammer? I'll sell it to you. So what you're saying is that Percy is becoming as much of a huckster as that guy. No, I'm just... saying that's what that's what Carcass would do. Uh-huh. No, no, but no. I, if Percy is claiming Carcass on his giant kill count, then he is becoming as much of a huckster. You're right. Oh, my God. Uh, that, I don't think I have a ton left. Yeah, this this is a fairly breezy set of chapters where the, the objective seems to basically be get out of Rome. It was like a nice... A nice glass of punch. Mm-hmm. Like a nice refresh. Like, you know when you're just, like, out and about, and you're like, I could really use a silly drink right now, like a silly little drink, and then, and then you someone get punches a sil- you in the face. <laughs> yeah. And that was what the that was what the son of Neptune was. <laughs> and, and then you get home after you get out of the hospital, and you get, and you're like, ooh, a silly little drink from the corner store. Yes, please. And you buy it, and you crack it open, and you drink it, and it's, and it's really, just really good, even though it's kind of light. That's what these are. Yeah, I, I, I feel that. Also, speaking of punching, um, I, th- I can't remember who it is. I think it's maybe Percy, who, like gets to the bottom of the Argo ladder at the same time as Octavian has finished climbing down. Oh, and yeah. Just, and he just kind of shoves him. I was really hoping <laughs> that Percy would just fucking deck him and then move on. 
Yeah, that would have been really good. I did like Percy just like no hesitation tackling Leo to the ground. <laughs> I was like knocking his shit out. Well, as far as he knows, this is a fucking illusion from Gaia sent to haunt Hazel. God, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, we have to say one last thing before we wrap up. Uh-huh. Frank ti- finally turned into a dragon. Oh, fuck, he turned into a fucking dragon. I mean, like, at least it wasn't, like, the first thing he turned into or the only thing he turned into or whatever. I'm taking back the solitary gold star I gave Rick for the last set of Frank chapters. Uh Uh-huh. That was the one nice thing I had to say about those. Yeah, I do. Like, I like Hazel and Frank serving as a distraction. It's fine. I like to see Arion back, even though I do think that horse should have drowned. But That horse should have fucking drowned. Hey, look on the bright side. At least we got a real fucking prophecy this time. Yeah. Like, it rhymes and shit. It's not just, a son of Poseidon will fall into the water and drown some monsters, IDK, man. God. No, this prophecy is good. This is one of my favorite... This is a good prophecy because it's, like, very individual in a way that a lot of the prophecies we've been getting lately have not been. Mm -hmm. So it feels so, like, character-motivated, and, like, it will drive a lot of, like, Annabeth's story forward in a way that I like. Yeah, definitely. We've the the prophecies have definitely been much more like focused on the larger state of the world lately, so it is nice to get this kind of thing. But I think that might be it for us today. I think so. We're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna put Jane to bed and we're going to sail off on the Argo Tale. Our intro and outro music has been Super Mario Ocean by Space Pony. You can find that at OC Remix. Our cover art is by Vera at Innsmouth underscore in. We're hosted by the Moonshot Podcast Network. You can find them at Twitter at Moonshot Pods for now, I guess. And you can find a lot of their <laughs> wonderful shows like uh, lots of them. All, they're all good. I'm listening to an episode of Three Little Words right now. Uh, but it, it's very fun. It's about a nanny who, get this has a has a has some salacious encounters with a with a Russian mob boss. I see. So so it gets pretty steamy. Uh, <laughs> if you if if you heard us talking about in hentai and just wanted to <laughs> and just want to go listen to two people talking about porn, go listen to the newest episode of Three Little Words. <laughs> Anyway, uh, um, also, I just want to very quickly say, uh, uh, Moonshot also has a co-host now, and it's just co-host.org slash Moonshot Network. If yes, you want to follow yes. them on a not dying platform. Yes, thank you. Uh, and if you want to find us, you can find us on co-host at Unwise Girls on Twitter at Unwise Girls. We have all of our links to our main socials. We have our Discord server link our email, all that stuff is there. If you want to support us, you can go and leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast app of choice, especially iTunes helps, I guess, or Apple Podcasts or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh-huh. You can <laughs> tell a friend. You can... Um, you can... Put MP3s of the episodes onto USB drives and put them into, like, kids' Halloween candy. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> Mom, there's unwise girls in my candy. What do I do? This is the new epidemic that is going across America. God. We should have done that. We should have done that. Anyway. Missed opportunity. Uh, what did you say? Missed opportunity. Oh, definitely. Well, next year, of course. Mm-hmm. And you can go to patreon.com slash unwise girls, where for the dollar a month, you get the discord role of camp counselor. 
For $3 a month, you get the Discord role of Friend of Bacchus, as well as all of our bonus content. Yeah, uh, last week we talked about... uh, Oh, you can actually... If you listen to the last bonus episode, uh, you can actually hear Jacqueline breaking the Lin-Manuel Miranda news to me on the air. So if you want to hear how that little interaction went, uh, sign up to our Patreon. God, that's right. Uh... We're also almost done with Homestuck. We talk about Batman sometimes. Various things. If you want to hear more of us, go listen to it. And for $5 a month, you get the Discord role of Venus's Chosen, all of our bonus content, and a special thank you at the end of every episode. Speaking of which, this week we'd like to thank Danny, Tana, Mercy, Veronica, Friend, Bree, and Erica. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Oh, we also discovered that apparently if you are in the $1 tier long enough, you just get to be on an episode of Unwise Girls with us. <laughs> it's not going to make any fucking sense until the sleepaway episode's up. Listen, it's fun to make jokes that people won't get until later. And then, then they'll laugh about it. Then they'll laugh about it. Uh. But still, as we always say, at the end of every single episode... The creator of Sonic the Hedgehog was just arrested for insider trading. The... See you next week, Camp Half-Blood. <laughs> See you next week, Camp Half-Blood. Bye. Bye. Is that true? That's true. <laughs> and their amazing friends, the Actual Play Podcast that steals. What does that mean? That means that we take stories from corporations and come back and tell our own fanfic-inspired actual plays with them. We do things like a Star Wars podcast that takes place 300 years after The Last Jedi. What if any Zoids media was good? We tell stories in those spaces that are better than the ones that the corporations tell us, because we're not fucking cowards. Please come join us at Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends to hear a plethora of wonderful stories every once in a while on the Moonshot Podcast Network. Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends. Hosted by me, Riley Hopkins. <laughs>